XFM presents The Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James P. White. For Arden Roof Systems, there's more to your roof than just shingles. You gotta come on. Bang, 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 bang. Here we go. Was it a... It wasn't warmer at all this morning, was it? No. So I thought it was going to break. It said... It's supposed, on, it said it's supposed to. On Friday, it was supposed to ease off a little bit. I would have come got you this morning, and I texted you yesterday. You said, ah, don't worry about it. I'm preparing. <laughs> yeah, the extreme cold warning still in effect. Still in effect. Minus 33 this morning. What's the high for tomorrow? Minus 16 tomorrow. Okay, so it just yeah. kind of eased its way into Monday. Like, it is going to warm up today to minus 21, which... Oh, that's still cold, but it's better than the minus 30s. It's going to take the dog out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our dog's going nuts. Because <laughs> oh. he wants to go outside, then he goes outside, he comes right back in. He's. I've had a couple of those where... Yeah, you even... don't have a parka for him? No, yeah. he doesn't have booties. We have booties for the dog. <laughs> I took uh, Kingston out for a quick walk yesterday. Oh, yeah? Like 10 with minutes. booties on? With the booties. Yeah. He... <laughs> Does not like to walk in those things. No, he's he's better now, right? Uh, he will not let me put them on. Deb can do it, but I cannot get those <laughs> things on him at all. So it was a big ordeal to get him outside. We just felt bad for him. It's like he's yeah. just been sitting around it's like a loaf. From the Harvard Media News Center, the locker room news. For three days in a row over the weekend, Albertans were asked to limit their power consumption, including an emergency alert sent out on Saturday night. According to the communication manager for Alberta Electric System Operator, they were worried that they would run out of emergency reserves and have to go to rotating outages before they sent that alert. The last time Alberta had to go to rotating outages was during the floods in 2013. There was a significant drop in demand for electricity after the alert went out so people did turn off some lights or or unplug their shunts or whatever uh (laughs) alberta was receiving what jimmy does and this is interesting and maybe this is something we can all look into he never takes his garbage out yeah so what it does is he just leaves it in the kitchen and in the front room Mm -hmm. in a pile and it generates its own heat. Well, he's got his own, like... Um, so he's kind of like doing a thermal yeah. garbage He's got his own greenhouse gas thing going on. <laughs> um, Alberta was receiving... He doesn't know what to say. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. true. No, it's not. Alberta was receiving electricity snowing. from B.C., Saskatchewan, and Montana on Saturday night. So... so <laughs> Grant found this thing. What's this guy's name? This Steve name? Boots. Steve Boots. He's an online guy. So he, he did this two-minute video about this and about a theory, a potential theory behind it. Mm-hmm. And I posted it up on my social media. Actually, I posted it up on my Twitter. I didn't put it on anything else. And if you want to go have a look at it, basically the essence of his his bit his breakdown is that when you stifle output output yeah. it raises prices so he's suggesting that the powers that be did what they did on purpose to justify well and he showed cuz you can see the the power plants and he's like look at these were all they all went offline last week a couple of them were for construction but why did this one why did they stop producing power? Why did they do this? And so he's saying, yeah, they did it on purpose. So we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And you can go have a look at the video um, because it has 
like thousands of views and hundreds of comments and reposts and yeah. all sides are weighing in. So the unfortunately, these things become political. So there was some attacks on both sides of like the NDP is at fault, Justin's yeah. at fault, Dan Danielle Smith's to blame. So. I didn't really weigh in. Like, I didn't get into it. You just kind of put it out there. I kind of said, hey, anybody care to to weigh in on this? And the conversation around it is wild. Yeah, I've been reading the comments and just your post. Because your post really took off with that video. I mean. Yeah. It's not my post. No, you you posted the video, though. Grant put it up. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what people would think about this. The funny thing is, is, is that both sides, like extremes are defending it or tearing it down. I yeah. got a retweet from Theo Fleury. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Uh, Stu randomly. <laughs> I have a question, though. If we're having power issues now, what about when we go all-power cars? Okay, Dad. <sighs> all right. Thanks for catching up. Hey. Yeah, that didn't get brought up at all. No, no one said that no on the weekend. No one said that, so I'm glad you covered that <laughs> off, Jimmy. Okay, the locker room, only on Chris. Every once in a while, something will present itself to you, and you got to look at that and go, hey, that was that was a lesson. Yeah. And I think what happened to us with the loser pool, we talked about this last week, maybe one of those things where both Jimmy and I can look at this and take something away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think in retelling the story and the results of what happened with this said loser pool, we can actually pass that wisdom on to the locker room listener. Now, I'm not going to suggest I'm an expert on hockey, but you would you would say I pay attention way more, like considerably more than Jimmy Grant. Yes. Obviously. Okay. Yeah, way more. <laughs> so I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I watch I watch hockey. I watch you know what's games going on. that you are not players. spoilers yeah. games, and I pay attention to the standings. I pay attention to who's playing well. Like I'm, like I'm not a fantasy league guy or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I, I, I'm a fan. You I watch hockey. played hockey, started playing hockey when I was three years old. I played hockey until I was 40, um, and... I sat down with this loser pool that was given to us by somebody here at work. They're doing a fundraiser for their kids, I think, ring at team or something. So you pick the losers. Every team in the NHL played on Saturday. So I went through and I looked at the standings and I looked at the games. And I looked at the matchups and I made my picks and I sent them. And then I th- we thought it would be funny. You mentioned it. We should get Jimmy to do the same thing and then see how everybody does. Yeah. So then Jimmy does the same thing. He sends them. I get a note from Anthony. He sends me a note and goes, does Jimmy know what this is? (laughs) (laughs) Does he understand? Does he understand you picked the losers? (laughs) And I went, Anthony, don't. Don't. Yeah. Just let it it go. What I've learned is that if you go to him and you say, you know, do you understand this? Yeah. It's you're gonna you're going down he's a got Jimmy Warhol, and he's got a system worked out. <laughs> yeah. So I went yesterday, got up, made myself some breakfast, got a nice cup of coffee, went upstairs, and I thought, all right, I didn't really pay attention to all the games, a couple of the games I saw, but I sat down to look at how we did, and I did mine first. I went through, I checked every game, da da da, da and at the end, I was like, sixteen point. That's not. That's mm-hmm. not great. I mean, I I thought I was going to get in the 20s. Thought I had a chance of winning this damn pool. 
then I go and I grab Jimmy's and I go through and I'm looking at all his moronic picks. And then I add everything up. And we both had 16. <laughs> <laughs> you spent an hour doing yours. I spent five minutes doing mine. It just <laughs> With gambling, you can never... No. There's no beating the system. No, no. There is no... I just, I remember thinking to myself, that's a real lesson here. Like, that's a real lesson in gambling. This guy... <laughs> Pulled it completely out of his ass. Yeah. I spent a bunch of time looking into it and where they stand, <laughs> and the two of us finished with the exact same score. Amazing. Welcome to the locker room. I saw an article, and I didn't read it. I just read the headline. And every once in a while, you'll, you see, you'll see articles like this. And I know that I don't need to actually take the time to read it because I already know the answer. You lived it. Does having children make you happier? And the answer is no. <laughs> kids will ruin your life. I love my kids. Yes. Right? I, I truly do. Mm-hmm. But there are moments when they come home for Christmas. Yeah. And the house is really loud. Yeah. And I, I have that moment. I have that thought where I go, wow. If I didn't have kids, I'd have all this money. <laughs> right now, I might be on a beach somewhere. Who would look after you? Celebrating. Celebrating. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm going to need someone to change my diapers. Exactly. You and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Grant, are you as jaded as him? <laughs> Not where, yet. No. no, where are you no, at? They, they still make me happy. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about that, though. You're actually like doing really well as an empty nester. Yeah, we are. We are you doing. didn't have... You don't seem to be upset about it. No, oh, but you got yeah. a dog right after everybody left too. The dog helps, yeah, because it's something to look after, right? And and I think the big thing for me was I was worried when we got the dog mm-hmm. that it quickly. Well, I was worried about the dog conversation because I wasn't sure where the dog would fit into Deborah's life. Yeah, the wife. Because it, it was a it was a bit of a gamble. It was a roll of the yeah. dice whether or not she was going to accept that dog into our lives. So that dog has become your child. And that dog. Yeah, and it, my it, favorite child. <laughs> Even more than Jimmy? And the, <laughs> yes. And, and I'm pretty sure that that dog is probably your wife's favorite part of the family, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That dog gets, like, yeah, he gets... <laughs> He's king of the castle, yeah. for sure. So we don't need to read the article. Just listen to Locke. There's nothing in there that you're going to learn that isn't that, that I didn't just say. Yeah, You can love your kids, but let's just be honest. Grant's new to this, <laughs> right? He'll get to a point where, yeah, they ruined my life. <laughs> Two. The Locker Rooms. Jimmy. Get the movies. I shall call him me. It's like minute at the movies, but shorter. Jimmy, what, what uh, movie did you watch? All the President's Men. Surveillance is doing it's it. It's being done. People's lives are in danger. Wait, Maybe man. even ours. So, Jimmy is watching a movie from every year he was born. We're celebrating 50 years of Jimmy. He turns 50 this year. Yeah, so it started in 1974, and we're working our way all the way to now. What did you think of All the President's Men? Confusing. I uh, kind of was. <laughs> oh, really? It was. It's very confusing. I watched it, it. it. It's very confusing. Like they, uh, 
it's all over the place. It deals with Watergate and the whole conspiracy there. I don't know if it's all over the place. I think the issue is, and this is this is me um, agreeing with you on how confusing it was. It was a fairly accurate. I think they they elaborated things, but I think it was a fairly accurate account of Watergate and how Watergate got started. And and yeah, and exposed. So and then we, all the denials. But and we then, don't know the names. Like we don't know the names. We don't know the story. So I think that's probably why it was so confusing. And but it, one thing that I found kind of interesting was the Did whole. Did you know that Watergate was a building? Yes, it was a hotel, right? No, was it? A, no, it, it it was. It's a. It was a building. It was the, a, the Watergate Hotel. Yeah. A luxury hotel quickly became a playground for the fabulous. Okay, all right. I in the movie Watergate was a building yeah, that was used a, as a headquarters for the Democratic Party. Yeah, hmm. and then there was a raid on it. It's an eleven-story office building and hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I always thought the water. I'm not gonna. I don't want to make myself <laughs> look dumb. You thought it was a a, a water dam. There, there was a couple like of things. Hoover dam. No. There was a couple of things I found kind of interesting. Like at the very beginning, I thought it was the name. I actually thought it was the name that they gave to the investigation. Oh. I never knew that it was actually tied into well, a physical place. Yeah, it was the Watergate scandal, but it was yeah. tied into that. Yeah. Uh, I I found it really interesting at the beginning where they actually used footage of the president nixon coming in yeah and and all that on the helicopter and what did you think of the cast oh they were it was awesome you know of course the only it, thing that kept me going was how good the actors oh were. yeah like like, yeah. like when you go with dustin hoffman and and robert redford they and, were really good yeah I, I, I'm surprised they didn't do more together because they played off really well on each other, and and they were kind of funny can, too. You can mm. actually see their concern when when they were actually le- legit worried that they're going to get offed because they're yeah. looking into this. Yeah. Well, uh, people were dying back. Yeah. Back in the '60s, when that whole thing was happening, they were. They were killing public figures. (laughs) So there was a legit reason to be concerned, right? And And this this involved the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, and then the whole deep throat thing, which was that the insider that was giving them all the information. Was the guy that played deep throats in All the President's Men, this movie from 1976 that Jimmy watched on the weekend, was it the same guy that did a similar role in X-Files? I don't know. I think it was. Not that we need to dig into that, but I, I just thought that was intriguing because it looked like the cigarette guy, like the cancer guy from, from X-Files. I've never watched X-Files. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nerd. All right. Well, I, I, because of how confused I was, I gave it a three. Because okay. it just it was too too much thinking for a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. As you say, there's a lot of like jokes about you being confused there to make it. But it's <laughs> but it's leave it. you know it's, there's too much thinking how for a any, How does any movie get five out of five <laughs> if you being confused is a criteria? That's a good point. True. Like, we may never have a five again. <laughs> All right. Three buttered cobs of Tabor corn for Jimmy at the movies for the 1976 movie, All the President's Men. Their moment with Dr. Locke. We've had the conversation a couple of times 
about the 10,000 steps. Yes. And where it came from. It was tied to the Olympics way back when. And then it became this it kind trend. of just became an arbitrary number of. Yeah, you're supposed to yeah. get 10,000 steps. And it's starting to get a little bit more debunked, mm-hmm. including a recent study that I read on the weekend about. The connection between 10,000 steps and longevity, and it's crap. Oh, really? (laughs) So they were analyzing thousands of people over, like, quite a few years here, and they've kind of boiled it down to a number. And it depends on a bunch of different things. We're not going to get into all of them, but they are saying that... The optimal number is actually 6,000 steps a day, if you can make that happen. Okay. And, um, again, it breaks down the fact that people that try to get more than 10, actually, it, it, it has actually negative implications on you. Overwork in their body? or Yeah. So, hmm. it, it, it 6,000 seems to be the better number. Hmm. Can I, another case of medical professionals lying to us. Can I say something? Here's the thing that I have noticed over my years. Mm-hmm. If you can find something that you enjoy, an activity, do it. Mm-hmm. I think there's no real rules about this. I think these numbers are all its completely arbitrary. Yeah, everyone's it's, different. Even this article, yeah. I was like, oh, come you on. You don't need 10,000 steps. You don't need water. The people... <laughs> Right, Jimmy. <laughs> the people that I know that seem to look good for their age are active, right? Mm. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be tennis, it could be golf, it could be skiing, it could be biking, it could be... I think you just got to keep moving. I think that's that's the number one thing. Find something you like, find something that you're going to be consistent at yes and do that and have it but it, the thing is is i think what they're saying with the steps is you have to have a daily goal like to at least hit six thousand steps or no actually don't or, listen to a word he's saying okay? no you need you no. need a daily no, you goal do not. for no, you do not no you need to find something that you like doing it might be walking and don't worry about counting the damn steps just get out and move that's what i'm saying Anybody that I know that's in their later years that is still physically, they have a uh, they have a routine. And some of them walk, some of them bike, some of them golf, some of them play pickleball. Like, and the ones that don't do well are the ones that physical activity means going to outside of the building to have a smoke. <laughs> right? Still a step. It's <laughs> no, I I think that's. You did exactly what I think the problem is in the world that we live in, is that there seemed to, like everyone tells you, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm saying just just move. Just find something to Something do. you want to do. Don't worry about a goal. Walk the damn dog, right? Grant gets out and walks the dog every day. That might be enough exercise to keep him alive until he's 80, 90 years old. Not this weekend. <laughs> That's a good point. I'll take a couple years off my life to stay warm this weekend. <laughs> The Locker Room presents The Grant Report, brought to you by Battle Rattle Tactical Supplies, supplying the front line since 2016. Now, Grant Johnson. In the past couple of years, you may have noticed that Ozempic has really taken off. Who would have guessed that a get-skinny-fast medicine would be popular? (laughs) 
But with that popularity also comes those crazy side effects. This one is probably the worst side effect I have seen from Ozempic. A woman has filed a lawsuit against the makers of Ozempic, claiming that because of their drug, she suffered a bowel injury and will now have diarrhea for the rest of her life. (laughs) Imagine a doctor sitting you down. And telling you that you will never again have a satisfying solid dump. <laughs> so she's suing Ozempic, saying they ruined her poo. Give me money. That gives me an idea. Can I sue certain distilleries for all the whiskey diarrhea throughout the years? <laughs> diarrhea for the rest of your life. That sounds like one of those would you rathers that you do at like a sleepover. Okay, okay. You get to be skinny, but you have diarrhea forever. Or maybe even a punishment for Hitler when he got to hell. <laughs> for the rest of your time, Hitler, you got diarrhea. The Grand Report is brought to you by our Locker Room merchandise. Treat yourself to a Locker Room shirt today. Just text the link to get the link to shop. Time now for James P. White's Monday Morning Motivation. Penny Vidi Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. Have a great day, everyone, and thank you. Such a good song. Hey, little Jimmy, who's your Preston Manning? Hey, little Jimmy, who's the one you want? Hey, little Jimmy, hot shotgun. It's a a nice day for a white wedding. (laughs) Welcome to the locker room. I'm going to play some audio here. Okay. It's only 25 seconds, but this is a... Uh, a quick clip from a news, like a TV news station back east. Warning about porch pirates in Canada. Warning about porch pirates in Canada is getting a lot of attention, but not for what you might think. Police in Quebec issued a warning to victims saying that posting videos of things being stolen could violate the privacy of the thieves. Yeah, I said that right. Needless to say, that message has not gone over well. It's sparking a fierce backlash <laughs> on social media. Canadian police say if anyone has video evidence of a crime, it should be turned over to investigators and not posted publicly. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. So they're saying, because I've read a little bit up on that they're saying it's because of their uh you know presumed innocent and they won't get a fair trial if they if the video is made public okay but what about police posting videos police do it they post security pictures out like hey can anyone identify this thief that's interesting right they do it on their own social media so that's kind of the same it's thing. It's kind of the same thing, yeah. Right? They still haven't gone through trial. They're just looking to speak to people. So if someone steals from your house, don't violate their privacy. Yeah. 
Jimmy's but, been mad about this all weekend. All week long. He doesn't have a camera. He doesn't. I, I don't. But this Amazon is so totally packages. stupid. It is. It, it, it I, is. I'm very with stupid. you, Jimmy. Yeah. Um. Uh. The uh. The neighborhood porch pirate sting operation that I have been, that been, I launched, yeah. and I got I got a bunch of my neighbors and everybody on board. <laughs> It's just me. I was gonna say, you have to talk to your neighbors. Talk to your neighbors. It's going well. If anybody wants to join that fight, just send me a note. Okay, just, just don't post the video. Log. Just all. Oh, I'll post Privacy the video. Laws, yeah, uh, I'll post. And make the sure video. your walk is shoveled. Yeah, you don't want them to slip and fall. God forbid. And uh, you can see ice like salt that maybe. <laughs> Where what 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 what's happening? Has <laughs> this always been a thing? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, why do we protect yeah. these people? <laughs> they have rights too, man. It's it, it's. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. That bothers me so much. Make sure the railings are secured on your step. Oh my god! <laughs> and for the love of God, don't post a video. Like if your wife yeah. catches you running down the street after them, or if you see somebody stealing your catalytic converter. <laughs> yeah, don't don't post a video of your husband with a hockey stick <laughs> breaking the windows out of their car. <laughs> don't post that video. No, no. no. The locker room. Did get some texts on that porch pirate. Anybody want to join my porch pirate sting operation? <laughs> no, uh, but we got this text. The rights of the criminal always outweigh the rights of the victims. Make them the victims, and then the police will protect you. Okay. I um, think that's a vigilante comment. Yes, that sounds like it. Yeah. Um, we had Dustin say the justice system's a joke. Catch someone caught someone red-handed on camera doing something, and they say you ruined their chance in a fair trial. It is. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Wes said he has a customer. Um, so he said um, two people walked in his back door at his store, stole some boxes of product. He caught them on video very clear, plus the car they were driving with a license plate, and he had heard nothing from the police, and they told him not to post the video. They will look into it. That happened in November, and he hasn't heard a single thing yet. So that's part of the frustration, right? Mm -hmm. Because people report... That's why they're posting it on their own social media, because they're like, yeah, nothing is coming to these people. And I'm not suggesting the police have time for all of this stuff. Yeah, It's pretty uh, low priority for them. They're they're pretty busy. There's probably a reason why they're not looking into it. But if if your property is stolen or your business is being broken into, you're probably you gonna, want something done. Yeah. And what can you do? You can post it on social media and try to shame some people. Or chase them down the back alley <laughs> with a hockey stick. The locker room, only on cruise. So I'm gonna play a clip. And I want you guys to tell me if this is this man's greatest role of all time or not. Okay. Okay. It's going to be controversial, mm-hmm. but I need you guys to tell me whether or not I'm on to something here. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you are doing? Learning about Cuba, having some food. Mr. Spicoli, you're on dangerous ground here. You're causing a major disturbance on my time. <laughs> I've been thinking about this, Mr. Han. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> Certainly, there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time. I wonder if Sean Penn knows that that's his greatest role of all he time. He peaked early. I, <laughs> you know, he's made some great movies and he's a great actor, but Spicoli is still his greatest role. Greatest role. I, it's hard to beat that character. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I gotta watch that again. Mm-hmm. I've been watching old movies lately. I've been going back and watching. Yeah, I watched Con Air on the weekend. <laughs> Con Air, such a good movie. <laughs> um. 
this surprised me. We just double-checked. I had Jimmy look to see. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Sean Penn have never worked together, and they got a project right now that they're doing with the guy that did Boogie Nights, yeah. and I don't know anything about it. It's just sort of one of those sort of Hollywood rumors that floated that, hey, these two are working together. We don't know what the name is. We don't know what it's called, but we know these people are involved. It's a big movie. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, they're saying a big... Um, a big budget movie is what they'll be working on together. So there's something interesting about that. And mm-hmm. and, and Sean Penn has kind of taken a bit of a back seat lately. Well, he's busy filming documentaries and yeah. walking across Ukraine and yeah. doing all sorts of crazy things. So hanging out with El Chapo. Yeah, I was gonna say getting El Chapo rest, uh, rested. So uh, if we hear anything more on that, we'll keep you posted. But it 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 sounds like an interesting project to the point where. Like, we're getting news of an untitled film being just because of those two involved. Still, though, Fast Times, Spicoli. (laughs) Sean, that was your greatest work. Hard to beat that. I heard him in an interview, and he was talking about that role, and it came up. And um, and he goes, you know what's interesting? He told a story, and and I'll I'll just relay it quickly, because I'm going to get all the facts wrong. But he based that character on somebody he went to school with. Oh, of course. And yeah. then years later, ran into him when he was when he was home. He was like in a grocery <laughs> store, and this dude came up to him, and um, and he was he was panicking because he thought, he's "Oh my God, this guy is gonna he's going to say, did you base Spicoli on yeah. me?" Uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> From the Harvard Media News Center, the locker room news. What, what was that question? We just got a text. Lizotte was wondering who's the better character, Spicoli or Wooderson. All right, all, all right, right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey's role. Just keep on living. You know what? Um, the interesting thing about that is that I think Matthew McConaughey has actually admitted that that might be his best role, too. Yeah, he has. <laughs> I've heard about podcasts and he doesn't want to admit it, but yeah. he's like, yeah. Yeah. Hasn't he won Academy Awards for other movies, too? Yeah, but Wooderson was... Because he won one for that uh, one where he was sick. Um, Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. What the hell is that called? The rodeo one. Yeah, he was he was Um, he was a bull rider, mm -hmm. and he had AIDS. AIDS AIDS one, and he ended up being becoming an advocate for the AIDS Dallas Buyers Club. Yes, yes, medication for them. Remember, he's smuggling in. Um, AIDS medication from well, Canada. Well, because everyone was pushing this one drug, and yeah. then there was other there were other treatments. Great movie. Yeah, that was a really but, good movie. That's based on a true story too. But like Wooderson has such like I mean, all right, all right, all right. He's one of the most hard... iconic quotes of all time. Well, what was Spicoli's? Um, Spicoli had a line. What was his line? I don't know if he had like a catchphrase. Yeah, he did. What was Spicoli? It wasn't like hang loose. Either some tasty waves, a cool buzz, and I'm fine. <laughs> the, those fake commercials at the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think he did have a catchphrase. I'm having a hard time picking a more iconic character. Be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> like, like that's a line oh, I say it, all it the might, time. It right? might be. It might be mad. I don't have any. Might be. You'd be a lot cooler if you did. All right. Sorry to interrupt the news. Um, the locker room only on cruise. Good morning, cruise. Oh, gnarly. 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 Yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks, Ron. No worries. That was, I knew he had a catchphrase. The goalie's catchphrase, gnarly. Yeah. So the conversation was uh, Sean Penn and Leonardo DiCaprio are working on a, a project together. Mm-hmm. It's the first time they've ever worked together. And I said Spicoli is his greatest role ever. It was over when he did that. He should yeah, have just quit. Um, and then someone brought up Matthew McConaughey, who's the more iconic character. Um, Matthew McConaughey's character from Days and Confu- oh, Confused right, right, or right. Sean Penn Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And Derek in LaDuke said Spicoli is definitely the more iconic character. I love Dazed and Confused, but I didn't recognize the character name for Matthew McConaughey like I did for Sean Penn. We just remembered his catchphrase. But I couldn't remember Spicoli's catchphrase. Yeah, but you remember his name. You know his name right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Good point. Like Wooderson. If you just said to me, Wooderson, I wouldn't know. But if you say to me, all right, all right, all right. I had to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. But Spicoli, yeah. Maybe he's right. We're on to something. This might be hard to explain to the family. It's the Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James P. White. It was spring last year when all that alien stuff was happening, right? I think Early summer. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, when they were stepping out in front of Congress. Yeah, I think it was the U.S. thing. I think it was spring, yeah. And then there was the Mexico thing. I don't know which one came first. I think the the United States thing came first. The Mexico thing was in October. Um, oh, was it that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this was a story. This is the conclusion to that story, the Mexican story. Remember when they had the the, the aliens in the Mexican Congress? And yeah, like, here's they, they a, rolled out E.T. Yeah, E.T.'s mummy. It's a mummy version of E.T. Well, they have just concluded that it is not, in fact, E.T. Um, so that shipment, how it got in Mexican hands was it's from Peru, Somebody in well, Mex- was a Peruvian, yeah, like researcher or something. I do remember somebody that. somebody in Mexico was like buying the remains, okay. and the shipment was seized by the government and then handed over to these experts. And because you know they're look, what are you shipping today? And it looks like you got bones of something. Something, yeah. So then that's where it came from. They just did a that bunch of fruit. You're not allowed to bring fruit in. <laughs> bunch of tests on it to find out where it's from, and they said they were dolls assembled with bones of animals from this planet with modern synthetic glue. Therefore, not assembled during pre-Hispanic times, not ex- extraterrestrials, not aliens. Smells like a cover-up to me, Grant Johnson! <laughs> I think this is somebody's project in their garage. That got- <laughs> The guy that made it, too, didn't expect this, right? He was just trying to sell it online to somebody... And then it blows up, and then all of a sudden the dolls he made are in the Mexican Congress and worldwide news. The only thing is, those things did not look, right? Like, they looked fake, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they were not real, unless you want to choose to believe that there's a cover-up and they were real. Because, of course, they would would cover it up, right? Yeah, exactly. This is what they want everybody to (laughs) see, right? This is what they want everybody to believe, that, yeah. this, that, that they're not if real. If they were alien, do you think they would actually come out and tell us they were alien? No, they're going to say, ah, it's nothing. It's a weather balloon. Don't worry about it, guys. It's Why nothing. are you saying that? We've been Supposed- going, this, Supposedly going through this for years. all these different governments have been releasing, oh, yeah, we've got aliens here, we've got aliens here, we've done this, we've seen UFOs. Now now there's a proving that all this stuff that they're saying is fake. So you believe this? That it's fake. Oh, of course, Jimmy believes the government. It's all fake. Yeah, Yeah, look look who's been brainwashed. The locker room. We're getting another Beverly Hills cop 
Four, Jimmy? Yes, four. It's called Axel F. You know what I noticed when I saw the trailer? Because Grant sent me the trailer on the weekend. We can play it, actually. How good does Eddie Murphy look? <laughs> My God, yeah, he has 62! He hasn't aged much. 62! He 62 has and okay, like 15 kids. Yeah, hit play, Jimmy. Almost admire you. Kevin Bacon's in this one. Still on these streets. Running it's a Netflix one. I'm just uh, amazed. Doesn't get to you. Yeah, he looks Work great. Unbelievable. Like, it, it's unbelievable how good he looks. Uh, he's a little puffier. Mm-hmm, but if you look yeah. back at those original movies, right, and you compare him from when he was in his 20s to mm-hmm. when he's in his 60s, that's shocking to me. Yeah, he looks good. Like, do you I don't think even, he's had I look like a different done? human being. Like, if you, you go back, work? And, if you look at me from like twenty-five yeah. to fifty, I do. You might not even recognize. <laughs> well, we were talking about Judge Reinhold, and he's in these ones, and okay. in the new one too. And he was in Fast. We were talking about Fast Times. Sorry, yes. he's in, look right at him there. in Fast Times, and then look at him in this. Oh he my looks, God! <laughs> that, that yeah, he doesn't look like the same person <laughs> no. either. Eddie does. <laughs> Yeah, so Netflix is going to have this out in the summer. It might be all right. Ah, come on. Yeah. Can you go wrong? It's a popcorn movie. You can go wrong. Eddie Eddie Murphy has gone wrong a lot. (laughs) Not in the Beverly Hills Cop. (laughs) Not in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. I wonder if they'll ever do another 48 hours. They did two, right? Yeah, I'm waiting for a new Norbit. (laughs) Three, two... like minute at the movies but shorter what year are we at jimmy 77 you know what the more i down to 15 years of jimmy yeah the more i think about this grant he's never done a jimmy at the movies on star wars he's watched it though it's supposed to be movies he's never watched yeah that's the whole point of this thing uh so texted in on um, you're you're against the start. Yeah, yeah, it's we're celebrating. He's never watched. We're celebrating 50 years of Jimmy. Um, yeah, no, we can't do that. Like Smoking the Bandit came in. Jimmy's seen Smoking the Bandit a thousand times. No, I've watched it once, and that was for Jimmy at Just the movies. Once, really? Yes, that's surprising. I thought you and your old man. Okay, what what that. other options do we have? Slap shot. Jimmy at the movies. I've done it. Saturday Night Fever came in uh, quite a done few that times. One. That's a good movie. Uh, Close Encounters came in as well. That's a good movie. I might have seen it. I don't remember it. Um, also, there is New York, New York. Martin Scorsese movie. I don't know that, that one. That came out in 77. No. Robert De Niro's in that one. I'm leaning towards Star Wars. No. Yeah. No, you can't do a movie so- he's seen a million times. It'll be interesting to get his thoughts he's just on gonna it. He's going to talk about how much he loves it. He's going to give it five out of five. <laughs> You gotta do a movie he's never seen. It's it's experiencing fifty years that he's never experienced. Fifty years that he missed out on. We're not going through his I, life. I'm kind of with Grant on this one because I would be extremely biased on Star Wars. All right, okay, we can move on. Um, Saturday Night Fever came in. 
a bunch, like we said. There was Something. another space movie that came in, Capricorn 1. Yeah, Capricorn 1 has O.J. Simpson in it. <laughs> uh, so it's Elliot Gold, Sam Watterson, Hal Halbrook, um, James Brolin. So it's three astronauts, James Brolin, Sam Watterson, and O.J. Simpson launching, uh, going to Mars. and Yeah. You know what O.J. Simpson was almost in Terminator? Really? <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to be the Terminator. Just do a year of O.J. Simpson oh, movies. <laughs> Who knew they'd be? <laughs> the, uh, All right. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Saturday Night Fever or Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'd say Saturday Night Fever because I watched that and I was like, oh, that's actually a really good movie. Like, I watched it expecting it to be like Grease or something. But it was like, oh, and it's actually a really like, good drama. Okay. John Travolta. What yep. do you want? You want John Travolta or do you want um who's Let's, in Close Encounters? Uh what's his nut? Is that is that another Close Dustin Encounters Hoffman of the third movie? kind was Richard Dreyfus. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I say we do uh Saturday Night, Saturday Night that Fever. That one came in the most too, right? It yeah, did. Yeah. All right. Okay, we'll lock in Saturday Night Fever. The locker room, only on Chris. Usually when stuff is on our radar, most people know about it. Like if if the locker room's talking about it, um, some most ninety percent of the population's probably heard about it's it. It's topical. It's or whatever. Topical, yeah, right? um, we're we're not we're not a, un, unearthing exposing. Mm-hmm. Not, we're not usually. The, we're not yeah. the breaking news show. No, we're not. And that, and I'm okay with that. I can I can rest easy tonight. I'll get I'll get a good night's sleep tonight. <laughs> not worrying about you that. Always do. Um, disease X, Jimmy. Okay, that's my answer. I, I just saw something this morning for the first time about it. Um, yesterday, and it, for and me. it was because I was looking at Theo Fleury's Twitter because <laughs> you said Theo Fleury retweeted, retweeted you. So I was looking at his Twitter. And on my, he was talking about disease X is going to be the next um, World Economic Forum. Well, World Health Organization yeah. has been meeting Who? about it. I guess it's a uh, pending pandemic. And it is a respiratory thing. I don't know much more about it than that. But it's the next big thing. Somebody somebody posted a video on my Facebook Messenger and said, have you seen this, Locke? And so I watched the video, and it was literally like a minute 30. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a conspiracy theory video. It was just like it was disease X, this is the next thing, blah, blah, blah. They're meeting about it. Yeah, at the Davos meetings in yes. Switzerland, they had a session called Preparing for Disease X. And I don't know what, like, I know nothing about it. That's the first time I'd ever even heard about it. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, uh... Grant brought up Theo Fleury. Theo Fleury was in my uh, tweets mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, I posted a video about the power outage that talks about a potential conspiracy theory around what happened on yeah. on the weekend. Now, listen, I watched the video and it's good information and the conversation has gone nuts on my Twitter. Oh yeah. If you want to go check out the video, you know what I, I'll do? So many retweets. It's insane. <laughs> Almost 500. It's insane. I don't know if I've ever had anything that's gone that nuts. The interesting thing about it is this is something that everybody kind of sides with. Yeah, either left or right cuz the guy that posted it is very left-wing. Yeah. Almost socialist, but he's not taking a political side on this he's, he's got saying, a beard and a toque he's <laughs> and round glasses <laughs> he's saying they're they're all screwing us and yeah. it's yeah 
And that every like these businesses are just in government's pockets. Whether you're, they send out an alert saying like conserve power on Saturday. What's his name again? That's not for business. That's just for us. What's his name? Um, Steve Boots. Steve Boots. He's from Saskatchewan, right? Yeah, I I I looked at his Twitter and he had Regina on his uh, location, but he posts a lot about Alberta. Huh. Anyway, um, a lot of people do. It's an int- like politically, we're an interesting province, True. and people do pay attention to us. I'm going to pin it to the top of my. I'm doing that right now, top of my Twitter. If you want to go watch the video, yeah, and it is. It is kind of interesting. It's made by a very left wing guy, yeah. a very liberal guy, and it's just his breakdown on what happened, and you know the potential that there might be some some manipulation yeah. to increase the cost of energy in in Alberta. Um, and you got him, and then you got Theo Fleury retweeting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saying the government's screwing us everybody welcome to the locker room our little buddy james p white is a gift he's a gift that just keeps on giving well, i once, also believe he week. was put on this planet to test me yeah each child is a, a a different lesson for parents right yeah like uh, i'm sure your two daughters taught you different things and then yeah jimmy taught you patience yes that's what he's here for and every week, he, there's something that he is doing that he doesn't realize is funny. Like last week, it was it's gonna make pizza going pops. Home make homemade pizza pops. Then, well, like buy them; they're a buck thirty nine <laughs> for four. Then I ruined the dough. Yeah, <laughs> spent thirty dollars. Thirty dollars on them. dough. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I go. How was how was Army Chris's on Friday? He went to our friend Chris's house to drink all day Friday. And I said, what time did you go home? And he goes, I went home. I don't know what time, but I tried to continue drinking when I got home. And I, and said, I was drinking honey mead. <laughs> I said, how did you, you do? I said, did you wake up on your floor? He goes, no, but I had an open bottle of mead next to me. <laughs> went, Wait, uh, what? Yeah, it was left at my okay, computer. Why? why are you drinking mead? I don't know. It was in the wine section at the, <laughs> at the store what? I was at. And I, so this didn't come up from somebody else? This was just your bright idea? Yeah, it was just my bread idea. No one suggested it. But I just thought because it's kind of in the same family as beer, so I don't want to go home and, you know, from drinking at Army Chris's drinking straight beer to switch to a different... You want to mix it up. Different hard liquor family. <laughs> have you ever had mead? I have I've never had, had um, mead. It's I- very wine. Like it, it, it tastes like a sparkling wine. Grant? What, what I have had, I haven't had just straight up mead. Um, but I've had the Mead Hitos, which is um, a brand from Fallen Timber close to the city here. Oh, um, okay. Someone I know is like the head beekeeper there. <laughs> and he, I was at a, a wedding and he had brought like a cooler of those Mead Hitos. And those are really tasty. Those right. come in a can. Okay, you um, can't make fun of me for being a hippie anymore. You can't. I, I'm not You're the, head the hippie. beekeeper. You're Somebody the hippie. Them. I don't hang out with guys that raise bees. <laughs> I don't think we've ever called you a hippie. You grew up with hippies. No, you guys constantly yeah, he candles and stuff. Yeah. He's still yeah, got but you. It's no. still in his system. You're moving to a farm to raise sheep. <laughs> okay. All right. But so I've had mead hitos, but I've never just bought a bottle of mead. And especially like if I'm gonna drink mead, I would have it like on a Sunday. For lunch, or like, not Friday night not after, after drinking after thirty-two beer with Army Chris, thirty-two yeah. pilsners, yeah, and then I go home to go on a Zoom call and drink mead. Why does it taste like wine? I thought it was a beer. It's, I thought it was a fermented like it. It is, but it, it but it's a, it's sparkling. It's like a it's really? like a sparkling wine. 
but it's got a bit of a wine taste to it. It's doesn't taste like beer to me, but, but it's also sweet. Okay. Like, Did I you make it yourself? No. That's the next thing. Correct. Yeah, soon he'll be making it in his bathtub. <laughs> I know a guy that makes it. <laughs> Is that why you're drinking it? No. I. How just... do you know a guy that makes mead? You know a beekeeper. He knows a guy that... Read that text, Grant. Pretty sure that the dwarves in Lord of the Rings drank mead. So there you go. Yeah, that I think sense. they... I think they did, and so did the uh, <laughs> you didn't even the realize hobbits. It's, it's like a uh, just a calling to you when you see it in the store. I want to drink that for some reason. You're going to grow hair on your feet. <laughs> this is Show Local Some Love. We have Darby in with us from Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we're talking about the home lottery today, Darby. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. How many years has the lottery been going on for now? This is our 44th dream home with Big Brothers Big Sisters Um, home lottery. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's a lot of homes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of builders. Yeah, it's a whole community. Yeah. It really is. So there's early bird draws that we should be telling people about right now, especially right now because we're on the verge of one, right? Yeah, absolutely. So right now we're leading up to our first early bird deadline, which is on February 15th. And that would qualify buyers who have tickets to get up to $50,000 from our draw. Nice. So if you're in now, if you buy the tickets now, you're in for the early bird draw. Yeah. If you buy your tickets now, you're in for the early bird draw up until midnight on February 15th. Perfect. And don't forget about the 50-50 as well, right? Absolutely. The 50-50 is part of our major jackpot, which we draw for on May 8th. But you have to buy your tickets by April 24th. Um, and that is up to half of $2 million for the winner. Unbelievable. Darby, where is the house um, this year? Yeah, the house is located on 33 Evermore Crescent in St. Albert. Okay, so a similar area to where you guys have been for the last ah, five plus years? Yeah, we've been up by the St. Albert Costco for the last couple of years, and last year our house was also on Evermore Crescent. Okay, now can we go see the house is, is it open for viewing? The house is open for viewing on weekends from 11 to 5 p.m. and then holidays as well. Uh, we start our viewings on January 13th. Do you have a favorite feature in this year's home? Oh, we have like a 19-foot fireplace that I really Ooh, like. I got to see oh, that wow. for the first time recently. Uh, and then there's a really beautiful like library nook in the front. Uh, I would say my other favorite part is the spa bathroom, but unfortunately, as an employee, I can't buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting about these things, too? I think a lot of the the, the developers, the builders, mm-hmm. they get together and they, they sit down and they go, okay, what would we want to put yeah. in a house, oh, right? Totally. So they have some fun with these with these designs and these builds and it's it always turns out really cool and they're worth checking out in person but if we wanted to send anybody for any information about the home about tickets about 50 50 about all the early birds where are we sending them darby you're sending them to bigbrothershomelottery.org and there we also have a virtual tour uploaded of the house you've been listening to the locker room podcast makes you seem pretty put together by comparison hey catch the show live weekday mornings on 95.7 cruise fm brought to you by by Arden Roof Systems.